What is poppin' boys and girls? It's your boy Johnny Marciano, back with another Meeting of Minds. And this week's guest, a very cool and talented individual, Andreas Velila. I'm not sure if I gave it the uh, proper pronunciation with my uh, Italo-English vibes, but he's a super cool dude. Really happy to have uh, the time to sit down with him and have a great uh, conversation about his journey, where he came from, his experiences, him being from Colombia, how the scene is there, and uh, how he came about to have a 10-year residency at Salon Daomi. He's doing some great things. He has a new label that started in 2018, and uh, you need to keep your eye on him because he's a very talented individual, and uh, he has his heart in the right place, and his mind is very set. So dive right into the show. Enjoy the ride, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to another Meeting of Minds with your boy, Johnny Marciano. This time, like we always have special guests, we got another special guest. He was born in Bogota. Is that how you pronounce it? Bogota. Bo- okay, that uh, is out of my skills of pronunciation. <laughs> Colombia. Uh, today's guest has been in Montreal since the early 2000s. He has built a promising DJ career in the scene, playing at such great festivals as Picnic, Electronic, and the AIM Festival, as well as the renowned Stereo After Hours and Circus After Hours. He also has a residency at Montreal's Hot House Club, Salon Daomi, since 2009, where he books local and international talent. In 2018, he started his record label, Noise Floor Records. Let us welcome the uber-talented Andreas Velila. Did I pronounce that right? You pronounce it right in the English form. It's Velija, but I'm used to Velila. It's all good. So yeah. Amazing, man. Well, welcome aboard. I'm really happy to have you here. And thank you for having me. For sure. It's all about like when I built this and my mindset, I really wanted to find a way to connect to as many artists as possible. And sometimes it doesn't always work if you're just doing the same thing as everyone else. Not to say it, it's globally like that, but... I just wanted to bring attention to all the talent that we have and let people figure out a way and hear and get intimate with the artists as opposed to just seeing them far in a yeah. distance in a club and you know yeah that's cool yeah that's cool. and and here in montreal there's a lot of good talent oh, so man. Yeah, we're spoiled a lot it's why it's so easy in yeah. my mind i wasn't like oh shit, what am i gonna there's so many and the list can just keep going so i'm happy that uh, it works out like this so let the listeners know a little bit about your journey on becoming a DJ and how it all started. Well, it all started back when I was maybe 16 years old. Uh, I was living back then in uh, Miami and uh, I was uh, at a friend's house and he told me, dude, come check out what my brother just bought. It's pretty cool. So like, all right, let me see. So he went and he had this huge DJ uh, DJ gear, I remember back then he had, well, he had the Techniques, uh, the DGM 500 and the CDJs 500. Yeah. And he was mixing, I think it was like Progressive Trance, which was what was cool back then and Underground. Yeah. In the, in the um, I would say like 1998, uh, oh, around shit. that time. Yeah. It was a while back. And I literally just fell in love with it. Like, shit, it's awesome. Mm. So... Um, I started getting it into myself. I purchased my own equipment. I started purchasing my own music. I would still spend all my allowance going to South Beach to all the 
hot spots. All, all, the, all the hot spots and record stores and just buy and spend hours there mm. and then listening to CDs in my car and then going home and annoying my parents with the loud music <laughs> um, and just started there like in my in my in my bedroom and um and also i would go a lot to um either uh, underground clubs over there in mm -hmm. miami and just try to get as close to the dj to try to understand what was they were doing yeah 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 no one else taught me no one no one taught me not even my, my brother's friend or my self brother yeah, yeah. so i was self-taught and just you know practice practice and practice and then by early 2000s, I moved to Paris. And around that time, I started, I discovered Progressive House and house music mm -hmm. more underground because I started with Progressive Trance, you know, yeah. back then. And I started falling in love with that genre and moved from Progressive Trance to Progressive House in Paris and just keep, keep buying more music and getting to know more of the European culture yeah. and all that. And finally, I moved to Montreal around 2003 and... Um, one day I was mixing quite a bit here at my house in downtown and then uh, also doing little private events until uh, one day one of my friends invited me to, hey, look, they're missing this uh, DJ at Mist Supper Club was back then. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, Mist. Yeah, man. Mist yeah, Supper dude. Club. So they like, it's like the, the DJ didn't come. Do you want to come? Like, yeah, for sure. So they he booked me and then uh, they liked me and I became the resident wow. there. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it all started here. Oh, but before that, I did spend once at the uh, Opera Club, and I opened my first gig was at Opera Club here, and here at on Saint Laurent. Club. Yeah, on Saint Laurent. Oh wow! With and Franco I opened, and... I opened for Pat Boogie. Oh wow, that's amazing, <laughs> that was, like, dude! Like 2003, four. That was a crazy time. Yeah, man, that was crazy fun. parties. Dude. Yeah, they were good, and Opera Club was super fun. I remember yeah. seeing um, Chusa Ceballos there, mm -hmm. and uh, it was also quite fun. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And did you play ever in Miami, or your first actual club gig was in Montreal? My uh, my first club gig was in Montreal, actually. I played private parties in Miami, like yeah. friends' parties. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, like uh, I was quite young there. Right. You know, I was all going out with fake IDs. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and I really didn't know much, many of the scene. As none of my friends were like, well, we liked the music, but none yeah, of were part of the scene. Scene, like. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of in it and and soaking it all up. Yeah, at that exactly. Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. And how would you describe your sound? Like, what were your inspirations for it? My experience, definitely, there's always a bit of progressive in it, you yeah. know, progression within the songs. They, they have to be somewhat melodic, lots of groove. Yeah. Even when I, like, I, I go from down tempo to techno, but there always has to be some groove, good basses, and a bit of melody here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, vocals once in a while. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much I would say. And I, I like to, um, I don't like to stick to one genre. I like to go, you know. Explore. Explore and do roller coaster rides within my sets. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think there's great house music, great deep house, great techno. And there's it, just great music. There's just great music, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's getting inspired by each piece. And that just brings out something that you're able to express in yourself. And that's what I find very cool. Yeah. And inspiration-wise, were you uh, along your journey? Were there DJs that were um, coming up that you're like, okay, this DJ definitely was someone that inspired me, or this like sound-wise, or yeah, definitely. When I when I started back in Miami, I, I used to follow a lot this local DJ called Georgia Costa. Oh yeah, 
And then there was another uh, local DJ called David Padilla, and they used to mix in these clubs called Shadow Lounge, and then uh, the Mix After Hours, which is pretty much Miami's first real After Hours. Okay, that's cool. And it was cool because back then they didn't serve alcohol, so it was eighteen and over. Oh wow! Oh yeah, right. ID wise, yeah. Stuff for so age. it was easier to get in, and so sometimes I would go. I would wake up early uh, around four in the morning, go to the After Hours on a Thursday or Friday, and live by seven to go to school. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's how fanatic I was. That's great. So yeah, and um, so they started a lot, and then of course, well, the big, big DJ names back then of Trans, Tiesto, yeah, all of them were a bit of inspiration. Uh, and then uh, a big inspiration for me was really um, Beirut. Yeah, Beirut. Uh, he was uh, with that compilation in House We Trust yeah. that he did for Yoshitoshi. Mm-hmm. That's Yoshitoshi. really what got me into that general music, and it was really good. So. Um, that's pretty much it but the big inspirations and there's too many too many DJs yeah, to name yeah, that have course. inspired me yeah, to be yeah, honest yeah. I get it yeah. no for sure I totally feel it and you were originally born in Colombia yeah I was originally born in Colombia um, lived there until it was my teenage years and then mm-hmm. I moved to, to to Miami from there I moved to Paris and then after that I came to Montreal and how's the scene in Colombia? In Colombia, the scene is, is, is crazy. They know how to party hard over there. Yeah. I've spun a couple of times over there, and it has been some of my favorite gigs. The energy is just... It's its, it's very hard to compare elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, Montreal has very good energy, and I love it, but over there, like, people are just crazier, man. And <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Of course, there's also... There, there's Back then, you know, you could go until any hour. Yeah. So you would, you know, I would start at one in the morning and finish at six in the morning, uh, and people are just crazy, crazy, partying. and partying hard. So I don't know. It's just the energy that that they have in Colombia is is something different. Is is the you know it's kind of governed here. You yeah. have certain hours, certain rules, yeah. and certain there. There's well, yeah. Not, I mean, sometimes they try to govern, but I mean, I mean, you, it's more there, there's there's loopholes around it or corruption really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. literally just pay off the cops and that's it yeah or or loopholes that they what they call they, they some what sometimes they put what they call that la ley zanahoria which like that the carrot law <laughs> which okay. meaning they had curfews but then the loophole was that they made the clubs like private clubs and you became a member yeah. so therefore it was a private club so you could party whenever you want oh wow something like, yeah, yeah so there's not really yeah it's just a quick call the rules with yeah the yeah <laughs> yeah right and so yeah and nowadays and yeah they had a, also a very good after hours called the cinema and uh that he they those djs uh, educated all of the the colombian crowd and yeah. nowadays it's huge they have several underground and I would say they're maybe not as big as Buenos Aires, but I would say after Buenos Aires could be one of the biggest scenes after Argentina would be Colombia. Do they have a specific sound that really? They like they like techno. They, no, they like a bit of everything. To be honest, mm-hmm. they don't have a specific sound. I know Blondish has been there not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a couple of days years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, they bring all sorts of big DJs over there. Over there, any major DJ has been there. Yeah. I remember back in the day, in, I think around 9-11, I don't remember, I think it was Carl Cox wow. <laughs> who canceled uh, a gig in the States because he felt unsafe and decided to go to Colombia. Oh my God, yeah. dude. That's crazy. Uh, and yeah. So but yeah. 
I guess so. Given that, like, is it a more festival-based area, or it's also like clubs after hours and stuff like that? It's clubs after hours okay. and and some festivals, but it's more. I would say mostly mostly clubs after hours. Okay, they do have festivals, but maybe uh. two festivals, and then December they go to the coast, and then there's also Medellin, which is also quite big. Oh uh, yeah, right. So yeah, no, it's a big scene in, in Colombia. It's a f- good, fun scene, yeah. And now you've been in it for quite a few years. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of evolution and change. Um, how would you describe the change in the scene? And would you say it for better or for worse? I think um, at the end, I would say it's always for better. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes you would think, oh, it's, it sucks because it's a, there's changes and mm-hmm. people are afraid of change. Yeah. Uh, what I've seen, there's a lot of new good talent. Yes. Definitely more DJs coming out due to the aid of technology and the ease of getting music and good Mm -hmm. music Uh, even though you still have to dig a lot to find good music but it's there Um, the only issue I would say is that uh, a lot of the time talent takes a bit of a sidestep and they're looking more into promoters Mm -hmm. and I remember when I started mixing here in Montreal I was hired to be a DJ and I didn't have to promote at all I mean I was promoting just in general, yeah, in general, like yeah. hello, but I wasn't, uh, it wasn't my job to bring people. My job was to keep the people inside mm-hmm. the club. Mm-hmm. That was my job and I was doing it well. And then I started seeing the, seeing the change, how promoters started like working with the DJs because they, it was easier for the, for the promoters, for these DJs because, oh, they bring their crowd. Yes. But that crowd only lasts for a certain of time and then they have to, re- you know, get new DJs and get new DJs that bring their new crowd and new crowd. So that I've noticed is a bit hard for, I guess, those that have been a while on the scene to continue going. And it's exhausting because, you know, I was forced to become a sort of a promoter. Mm -hmm. But I'm firstly uh, an artist, second a promoter. I couldn't agree with you more. And that whole trend, I get things change and I know you have to adjust. Yeah. But I still firmly believe that if people focused promoters to promote and DJs, expected to help out and definitely bring people that's a given it's not just yeah i come play and pay it's more like okay cool i'll bring my my crowd as well but don't depend on that because you're booking me to be the yeah. entertainment not the promoter exactly and i get it everyone's like okay yeah but it doesn't matter it was the old school and now it's different okay fine but i bet you if you would give the opportunity to the artist to focus on the set the music and whatnot and not be stressed that, oh, shit, I brought 27 people and the only people in the club are my 27 yeah. people. It would be a different game. Exactly. I agree. And um, I remember also when I lived in Miami, um, I would go to clubs and I really wouldn't go to the clubs to see the DJ. I even went to the mm-hmm. club because I knew that club played good music and I went because it was that club, yeah. not who's playing. I, yeah. I really, I never, very rare I knew who was playing. Yeah. I, just, like, I just knew in that place they play good music. Yeah. And that's what it should be, you know, like you go to this place because you you have distrust and on the club and the promoter who's ever from the party that there's going to be good music, doesn't matter who's going to be playing. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go because we know that noise floor or front right or who's sounds, they have good, yes, good music. It doesn't matter who it is and let's go educate ourselves and find new people or, or meet uh, or see all the, all the big DJs, whatever. Just yeah. we know they, it's going to be they good. Deliver. Yeah. But it, like, is sometimes they only. I feel that if it's not something very special, people is not gonna really force themselves to go out. Mm-hmm. 
So I w- like I wish that we could see more of that. Yeah. Of, you know, uh, hey, just go to stereo. Whoever is playing, we know stereo. They play good yeah. music, and yeah. that's it. Doesn't matter who. Like it would be cool to like imagine one day seeing like one month of come and to stereo and it'll be a surprise, surprise who's yeah. gonna be playing. I think they did that at a point at the beginning, and it was actually working out really well because now you're playing with curiosity. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you you get there, you're in. It's gonna be a good party. Yeah. No way are they gonna book garbage yeah, or exactly. most any promoters clubs. You're gonna book good talent, but that's a given. So if you could come in like you said, not knowing, I think it would actually yeah. be exciting. Think so. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. But you know, you you go you go with that with the with the, with the with the game and with the changes and uh, you try to make the best out of it. Yeah, of course. I feel though like something needs to change. I don't know what it is. And it doesn't mean because it's not good. I feel something new needs to be introduced. Yeah. Something just a, like a reboot. And you know where you've eliminated all the... Like on a computer, you reboot it. Sometimes yeah. we'll defrag some stuff or clear cash or whatever it might be. I feel that that's needed in the scene to bring a new life force yeah. into it. Do you feel the same? I think so. Maybe I feel that right now there's so many of us that we're starting to compete so much against each other. Yes. Yet, there's not enough audience yes. for all of us. Yes, and we we're all good. So I think instead of fighting each other and competing each other, and we just let's unite, let, let's unite, do something, let's give each other space. Like, oh, we know that we're gonna do this. Like, talk to each other. Oh, tonight you're gonna do this. Okay, so I know I'm not gonna book you, and let me help you. Yeah, and let's do something cool. Like, and then this night we're gonna do it, and just you know, I, and that would be ideal. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, it's hard with everyone wanting to get get in, get in this and throw their things. But that would be the ideal. The thing is with that, it's a constant debate I always have with people. And you just said it so well. When I built La Familia Recordings, yeah. it was built for that purpose. Family and unite and common and let's work together. I know it's always been something for the past seven years. I'm like, why don't we work? I've tried different things. It's not to say that. It, it didn't work because of me. It didn't work because it's exactly what you're saying. Everyone wants to have their own spotlight. And I 100% respect that for the hard work that's being put in for the craft. But I guarantee you, if we do a trial, like a 30-day fucking clean eating challenge, let's do a 30-day, let's align ourselves and do strategy. So we're 26 DJs of the scene, let's say, that are doing stuff. Let's do five parties or let's do a party a week. And then let's all work together. I know it gets confusing and I know people want to play, but if I think if everyone would be on the, it's okay if I don't play this gig, but I'm yeah. part of it, and then I get my chance at another, and everyone does that, I feel it'll have a, a, a different outcome. And, and, and I think we, we more or less did that when uh, I joined forces. Uh, we all joined forces to the, to the 420 event. Yes, yes. It was that was the idea. Get all these communities together, different sounds, so we all want together it's an experience. And, and experience and show something different all together, you know, under one roof, one love, pretty much, and uh, and a bit of a different music for everyone, for every taste. So we have different groups, and uh, and I, and it was a it was a successful party, and it was people really liked it, and uh, and that was the, the basis of the idea that my, my friend Jota, you know, uh, thought about was pretty much to put together the community and do one big great mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. with artists and DJs. Yeah, I agree. So it can definitely be done. It can definitely be done. Maybe not at that scale, but you know, I think 
the community could help. I remember a while back, I, I was try, uh, talking what I call now the old school, like Mouse and all. Yeah. Trying to like, like to do like a, like a, a DJ union, like what the actors have. Yes, man. So like we so we get protected and we don't screw, get screwed up. But then, but it never really worked. It didn't go everywhere. Like I was speaking, well, let's do this, um, and you know, get get an agent to work for us the same way like get this artist. You mm. know, nowadays if we're under that, like every, you know, promoters or others like can't go and mm -hmm. and uh, and abuse the DJs and mm -hmm. take advantage of us. And uh, and then of course, uh, payments would be better and everything if it yeah. were like us. creating a standard. Creating a standard exactly. See, that's the thing I find. There's a lot of DJs now. They, it, it's like having someone that comes in and destabilizes the system. Yeah. So if you go in and say, it's okay, I'll play for free. That's fine. You want to build your craft and you want. But once you start playing around with numbers, you're only really harming yourself and the rest of the like organization and group. Because now they're like, well, why would I take you versus you where I'll, make, I'll pay a lot less? go in and I'll get a similar result or whatever they may feel as long as there's people. So I think that's yeah. such a great idea and I think we should actually off air have a good conversation about that and yeah. see what we could do. I'm 100% down. I've been trying to, I think, find this idea and I guess the title of this this actual podcast is The Meeting of Minds. Yeah. I think it was my extra journey to figure out how can we meet like individuals who want success but they're also doing it to give back. It's not a spotlight thing. It's not because you need to be on the top of the podium or totem. I think it's totem the word. But it's for it's it's for the community. You have it's like they always say, you know, the Uber wealthy, they have they don't have to, but it's a great idea to give back and to give, you know, it's the same thing. If you're having fun with a party and you're making money and you're doing your passion and you know what kind of energy that would encompass yeah. if everybody was doing it for that be fucking next yeah. level dude i agree i totally agree and um at the end it's something that if it's done properly i think everyone will win yeah everyone will win so yeah it's definitely that we could definitely talk after this yeah for I sure think it's good then we'll inform all the people yeah. of the plans <laughs> very good and i know you're also a father i am i have a five-year-old little girl yes which uh, i mean she's the best <laughs> <laughs> i totally get that and how did that shift pre to now with dj life production the nightlife like how have you been able to put it all together it's 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 not easy it definitely hurts a bit to go out yeah because part of the job is really just going out and just uh, make an act of presence and yeah. say hello i'm here i still exist i came to your place yes so it hinders quite a bit that because you're tired you want to you know you're waking up every day at six in the morning no matter what yeah uh so it's tiring about that sense but it, at the same time it's rewarding because you're with 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 the family and with yeah. her um it takes a bit of it takes a bit of time but you just try to manage the time and yeah. uh, for, fortunately you have a, a wonderful wife that helps me with this mm -hmm. and pushes me and whenever she sees me that she can help you know she helps me yeah. yet again she's also in the creative aspect in, in the in another world so vice versa with yeah, she's yeah. super busy so i have to take full care of my daughter of course yeah but you know, you you find you you just have to work on it and find the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like what they say. No, no, normally, like um, uh, I heard this somewhere that uh, uh, mothers, like or single mothers, working mothers, tend to do way more in less time. 
and that's because they are used to you know hey i have to do i have so much little during the day no that they have to put everything so you just try to get that mentality and do that of course when creating music it's hard to do all that because it, it all depends how your inspiration and creativity course, is yeah. sometimes you could put you no know, build a track very fast in a couple of hours and sometimes yeah. it will take you months to do one so it all mm, depends yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so it really depends in creativity aspect but uh, yeah just try to uh deal with it and sometimes yeah it's, for me it's just the tiring to go out it's really hard to go out and do an act of presence mm -hmm. which i think it, it, it's part of of the job i would say i agree that's a great way of putting it i always say the same thing too it's like it's not always easy. You can't be at every party. Yeah. There's certain responsibilities. There's certain aspects in life that don't allow it, even though you want to be. But I, I, I find it so good what you said. It's the act of presence. Even if you go for 45 minutes, yeah. even 30, the, the act or the, the fact that you took time out of your life, presented yourself, just said what's up, is gold. Yeah. And I've always, been, I've always had discussion with Nicola. We always say that like, it doesn't require a lot, but even just that bit helps yeah. to keep morale and, and ideas. And it's something that's so yeah. important. Exactly. And yeah, something that sometimes I feel like I have to do more, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you like you have the day job and everything you work and then fuck, I just want to go to sleep man, yeah, man. and watch a movie. And so it's either you don't come home and wait to go out. Yeah. Because once you hit home, it's, it, it gets it's hard, hard to get out. Man. You're in home base, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's all the comfy spots your so, mind is like. Yeah, it's definitely something I, like, I have to work on myself. And also, like, going out, is there's also the temptation of, of, of partying more. and uh, yeah, Drinking. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So, you know, you want to you balance, go out and not get the temptation. But you go out, okay, I'm already out, so fuck it. Yeah. Let's have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Six in the morning, I'll stay up exactly. all night, man. So it's, it's, that, it's that little temptation, which is, I, I myself have problem in balancing. Yeah. But something that I try to work out all the of time. Of course. Very yeah. cool. And um, in terms of uh, your label, I know you recently started. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. Um, I started brainstorming it by the end of 2017. Yeah. And by summer of 2018, I put out my first release. Yeah. Very cool. And how is that going? How's your, it's what's your, sorry, what's your like idea of where you want to bring it? My idea of where I'm going to br bring it is um, to become a relatively well-known label within the, our underground genres, yeah. uh, within North America and Europe and Eastern Europe and Asia, wherever, you know, worldwide. Yeah. And also to... Um, and I, something what I was doing with with my Dalmanites uh, was you know trying to get new talent and give them giving them a, a break and, yeah. and show them you Chance. know yeah. so it's a bit of the same thing with that for trying trying to get new talent and and nurturing them and making part of the label and mm -hmm. and and investing in them a bit and show them showing them to the world and of course you know getting if here and there big names if possible of course. Uh, but at the end, it's just, you know, share, share the love of, of music, my love of music to the world. And uh, pretty much uh, my goal is if I don't mix it, I want to release it. Right, right. Very cool. Thing. Yeah. I so, like I mean, maybe people won't, some tracks that people won't like or won't mix. But, you know, if I like it, you That's know. That's the connect. It, yeah. Uh, some people will like it. Yeah. And, and so far, it's been, it's been doing well. Uh, we've had uh, four releases so far. Yeah, it's for real so far, and yeah. um, the fifth one, it's pretty much in the oven. I'm just waiting to, I'm, 
um, getting some money for the PR and, um, and working yeah. on, the, on the mastering. I'm having a bit of issues with the mastering right now, but yeah. uh, working on that. But I've, I've played so the, the track so far and it's had good, good reactions. And then the other, the other four releases, the first one was by, by um, this very young talent from Montreal, very, um, uh, I, what's it? very creative, very yeah. a, a good young talent, uh, Souls, and um, with a, a remix from a relatively, well, not many people know him, but I've known him for a while, which is Mikalogic. Uh, okay, I heard. They did a, yeah, did a remix for for him and um, so, and Anne Albert also did another remix for him. So uh, you know, covering several genres, and after that, it came a um, a single of mine with several remixes, and that nice. one was actually you <laughs> went very well. That Blondish played it at uh, at Burning uh, Burning Man. Yeah, very cool. And. Uh, and uh, I forgot the, so the other guy's name, uh, Claims. I forgot. I don't yeah, know how yeah. to pronounce his last, his last name. Yeah. Big D. Also, actually, uh, like he, he played here not long ago in uh, New Speak. Okay, nice. Um, it's cool to catch yeah. when people are playing your tracks. It's yeah, the exactly. biggest thing, man, because yeah. you you want the exposure, but it's yeah. I find it always so interesting because you need a crew that's actually taking video or recording, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, with Bloodish, I got super lucky. I remember um, we had booked um, Sam Shore. Yeah. So you know, I was here with Sam Shore. Like, yeah, I was a, right after Burning. He was just—he literally just came right after Burning Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I told him, yeah, I gave, I gave Blondish my track, and he played it. Oh yeah, I saw them play. Like, check out the video, and like, he should show me the video. Oh, and oh. out of coincidence, when he took the video, it was my track. Like, wow. What? That's my fucking track. Like, no way. Like, yeah. So he sent me the video. So that helped a lot. And then with the uh, um, clean whatever, yeah, um, he um, he had a podcast, and it was um, that was a bit of help with my PR. My PR sent it to him, and yeah. he used it for his podcast. Yeah. And then I realized that, and he started his podcast with my track. Wow, wow. So that's cool, like you know, because he talks about like you know from my past guy, we're starting from you know Andres Villa from Montreal, blah blah. Yeah. Most like, oh shit! So like he even introduces me. So that's that's that was nice. Yeah, I think those are the rewards that make you feel that everything you're doing is worth it. I fully agree. You know, I fully agree. It's like a validation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. is that. And yeah, and then the other two, three, the other two releases have been also quite quite good. And we'll see what the fifth one's gonna come once we bring sure. it out. I wanted to bring it out by the by like now, but I had to postpone it. Until yeah, you, it's better to wait till everything is good yeah. and ready exactly. than to push yeah. it out. Exactly. Because now track wise, there's yeah. so much new music coming out. Exactly. Yeah. That it's been one of the philosophies that I was always toying with is whether there's some labels that launch every two weeks a new single oh. or a release, and it's like. I don't know how to keep up anymore. To and be honest, because, like I was, my plan was to release once a month. Yeah, and like it's like no, that never gonna happen. So I said, like, okay, each two months, which I was working on it, was going well. But then you know, it, it's costly for me because I I, I want to do it properly, so yeah, I do pay for a good PR. Yeah, and that's that that's costing me money, so I have to get money for that. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm having issues uh, w w with the mastering, so it's just making it longer. So okay, we're gonna have to wait. Yeah. But I have I have a, I have a couple of tracks ready. After that one, and we have um, a, an EP of uh, several tracks from uh, Fuentes from yes. here from Montreal. Yeah. It's great EP is gonna be, you know, good local talent, um, and some others. Uh, and then after that, I have another one coming up, a little surprise. I think another local talent, and uh, nice. and you know, and from there is trying to see. Uh, 
you know, one, one, like once you start, then it just starts expanding yeah, a bit yeah, by yeah. itself, yeah, which is yeah. good. You know, it it's takes hard. a life of yeah, its own. Yeah. Exactly, it's hard to start. You know, find someone like, hey, you want to do a release for my new brand new label that no one knows? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But once you start getting a bit of credibility and mm -hmm. people start, you and know, the tracks okay, are good. Yeah, exactly. How'd you come up with the name? Noise floor. Well, um, the story with noise floor is like this: is is back almost ten years ago, um, a bit more than that. Uh, Stefan Safir contacted me, which is the actual. Well, at the back then, he was the owner of of Dalme, and he owned several clubs. Yeah. And I was spinning around here in Montreal, and I had been trying to get to Dalme for like a long time. Like, hey, let me get in. Here's my demos. Here's my demos. Nothing, nothing. And one day he writes me on Facebook, "Hey, how are you? My name is, uh, you know, uh, Stefan Safir. I'm the owner of this, 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 this club." Uh, I've heard good stuff about you. Would you like to play at one of my clubs? Like, yeah, I want to play Dalme. It's like, <laughs> okay, I'll make it happen. So he contacted um, Frankie and yeah. said, okay, make this guy play on a Saturday. And Frankie Core contacted me, like, well, it doesn't work like this. It's already residence, but I can give you a Wednesday. Like, all right, I'll take the Wednesday. Yeah. No problem. So I was like, okay, cool. So give me a Wednesday. So I had like a month or a month and a half to, to prepare. I said, okay, I need promoters. I need someone to help me promote because. Uh, of course. And uh, one day out of co co coincidence, I was meeting a friend and while I was waiting for my friend, this other person was there also waiting for my, for this other friend. We had this friend in common. Common, right. And while we're waiting for him, like, yeah, hey, we started talking and he says like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I do this and I'm also a promoter. Like, oh yeah, really? You're a promoter? Yeah. We, we, we do techno parties and uh, under noise floor. Like, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. We've been doing that since late nineties. So we've done a couple of parties and boat parties and then and, and, uh, and uh, parties like okay mm. so i think you know that's the uh, mm -hmm. Steph. <laughs> Steph yeah. Yeah. so um so oh, really so i told him well look i just got booked for dalme and i'm looking for promoters it's not gonna be techno but would you be down to help me out uh, you know it's, it's okay let me talk to my roommate it, that back then was marshall and yeah. uh, we'll we'll see like okay perfect so he talked to my to his roommate like yeah let's do it so we met up and we started planning how it was gonna work so okay we're gonna do this it's gonna be you and always we're gonna have a guest or two guests and we're gonna promote it and then noise floor presents and perfect and they already had that name noise floor and i liked it i think it was a catchy name i yeah. liked it it went with like we you know with um with sound you know yeah uh, <laughs> so i liked it and then we started the noise floor nights and we worked together for many years then steph, steph started you know evolving with his life and yeah. he, he he left us um and then after that, like a year or so later, Marshall left. He's like, hey, he was very busy with school and everything. And then I said, okay, I'm going to take care of it. And I said, and I told him, hey, let me, I want to keep the name. Uh, I'll purchase the name out of, off of you. And uh, and then I decided I'm going to open a, a record label with this name because cool. well, I've been doing the noise for, for so long. For like, sure. It's just natural to keep the name. And yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. much it. So yeah, it wasn't my original idea, but uh, but, it, but it you was... You took it, it by the... It, I the took hand. it and it yeah. became my baby. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. I adopted I it. Yeah. I love to hear stories like that because it doesn't... You don't always get the chance to ask questions or you don't... You know, you're in a club, it's loud or whatever the case yeah. may be. But I really wanted to know where the name came from and now I know. Yeah. And now so does know. everyone else. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, we usually end our uh, our interviews with rapid fire questions so like a one word yes no or whatever okay uh so let's do favorite food shit <laughs> your go your go-to when you're like oh shit i need i feel like i need i would say pizza good man this guy knows what's popping uh red or white wine red 
Okay. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. Are you a daytime person or a nighttime person? Both. That's okay. Nice, nice. And what's one thing right now that's got your attention? It could be in music. It could be in anything else. It could be in carpentry. It could be in art. What's one thing that you've been researching or looking into or that's caught your attention? It has to be one word? No, that, okay. that can be a little... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to promote like what my wife is doing has caught a lot yeah, of attention, which sure. is she does a lot of uh, headpieces and hats. She's a millionaire. So she's been, her art lately has been very fucking cool. You know, her name is Natalia Vaquero. And uh, yeah, uh, she did uh, the last crazy project that she did was for PY1. Very she cool. did uh, some headpieces for Gila Liberté's muses that are with him whenever he plays. Yeah. They come out with like some crazy headpieces. Was that the one they were all in white for the one, the the launch? They were, I don't know if they were in white, but they had crazy lights. head, like lights on their heads or something. Yes. Yeah. She man. did those. Really hot. She did those. That's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, she's been doing that and uh, some other hats for uh, Denis Gagnon. And uh, so yeah. Wow. She's and where do people, f- let's say people want to work with her, like her stuff, where do they go to? Uh... Uh, they could find her, just Natalia Baquero. Baquero. Uh, like on Insta. Yeah, or NataliaBaquero.com or Natalia Baquero Studio yeah. or Natalia Baquero Millinery. Yeah. No. Very I cool, don't think man. there's that many Natalia Baqueros in Canada. No, it's pretty unique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, very good, man. And now we open up the space to you so you can let people know what you have coming up. And where do people find you if they want to hear your stuff or, you know. Okay. So what's coming up for me is uh, next week, June 27th. Uh, I'm celebrating my 10 years of residency at Les Salon d'Aomé. Amazing. So you can find me there and I'm bringing, to celebrate those 10 years, I'm bringing a crazy live act with Justin Marchacos and Ape Duke, which is an old, you know, also old schooler. And they're going to be doing a live set together, which is very rare to see and never been done here in Canada. Yeah. And uh, after that, well, you know, my gigs in Dalmey. And uh, another one to, to look after is um, the Free Life Festival at the beginning of August. Okay. I'll be there spinning in the morning on August 3rd. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? Somewhere north of Kib- like north of Montreal. I, really, I have to look. Yeah, yeah. I have no okay, idea of the village. Cool. But, uh, and it's yeah. August? August 3rd. Well, August I think, 3rd. no, it, mine's August 3rd, but I think it starts that's, that's It's Saturday. like a weekend thing? I think it starts Thursday. So it probably starts August First or second until okay, cool. the fifth. And you're playing like on the third. And playing what on the third time? from six to eight in the morning. Okay, very cool. Yeah. And uh, where are you mostly at uh, on your socials that you had mentioned? Facebook. Oh yeah, uh, you can find me Facebook at I think it's DJ Andres Velilla or uh, Instagram also DJ Andres Velilla or my website andresvelilla.com or my uh, record label which is noiseflowrecords.com. Very cool. Man. Pleasure talking to you, brother. Oh, it was so a great pleasure. interview. I'm really happy. People. Thank you, man. Uh, thanks again for the invite. It's always a pleasure to share my story. So, yeah, thank for you, man. Sure, man. Thank you for giving me that opportunity.